0: You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into Simply the Best Sports Podcast. This is indeed... The very best sports podcast. In fact, I did a poll with some friends and family, and it came back, the results came back, that this is indeed the best podcast, so I'm kind of excited about that. We've got a fantastic podcast today. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and of course, we're in the thick of the NBA Finals. Game 6 is tonight, or excuse me, it's not tonight, it's tomorrow night. I'm trying to get the podcast up tonight in anticipation of that, but um, we've got some great stuff. I want to talk all about the NBA Finals. I'm going to be focusing... Pretty much entirely on that, and I want to start by uh, giving a little plug to follow us on Instagram, STB Sports Take on Instagram, as well as just following me on Twitter at Sean Bingham. Let us know your thoughts. We post some cool stuff to the Instagram as well. But um, let's let's jump right to it. Let's look at uh, a post that I put up on Facebook um, after Game Two. It's been a while since I last did a podcast. I apologize. I'm sure you've all been. You know, really disappointed in that, but uh, we're gonna, I'm gonna read this post, okay? Because this post got a lot of traffic on Facebook, and it's all about MJ and LeBron and Curry and the Warriors and MJ and the Bulls and that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna read it. We're gonna dissect it, but um, I'm I'm gonna let it speak for itself, and then I'll dive in further. So here we go. It says, "This is me speaking, of course." I said, "I love sports. Sports, sports are my biggest passion." Game three is tonight, and I guess we'll see what LeBron does differently than he did in games one and two or in the four finals he's already lost in his career. But this video, and it's a video uh, on, on Chat Sports Facebook page, Chat Sports Facebook page, really cool video about Michael Jordan. Um, I said, this video shows beautifully why Michael Jordan is the best the game has ever seen. Not only does he have all of the stats, his career average is the same as Steph Curry average this year. Yes, for 15 years, including two seasons with the Wizards at age 40, Michael Jordan consistently did what is now considered, quote, unanimous MVP stuff. Let that sink in for a minute. He had all the, the stats, the, the records, awards, and championships above what anyone else has accomplished, but his will to win was unmatched. Listen, and that's referring to the video, listen to how announcers and former coaches talked about him. He was the most respected and feared athlete ever because he had supreme confidence and focus when it mattered most. He demanded the best out of his teammates, and he led by example. Yes, he had unreal talent too, but his will to win and his relentless attack to be the very best ever is what made him just that, the best ever. Going into the 92 finals, the media started saying how Clyde Drexler was a better shooter than Jordan and that Jordan couldn't shoot the three. So what did MJ do? He dropped an NBA finals record six threes in the first half of game one just to prove a point that he's the best at any aspect of basketball he chooses to be. Can you imagine Michael Jordan losing a finals with guys like D. Wade, Chris Bosh, Ray Allen, or Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love as teammates? Yeah, Jordan had great teammates too, but no one, and I mean no one, who understands and has followed basketball would bet against MJ in the finals, especially with guys like that as his teammates. The game has been desperately looking for, quote, the next Michael Jordan and I'm sure at some point he'll come along, but we definitely haven't seen it yet. As much as I hate to admit it, Kobe was the closest we've seen, but even he couldn't touch MJ, and all he did was imitate his, Im- imitate Jordan anyway. Wise choice. This is also why Jordan's 72-10 and 10 Bulls would beat the Warriors in any era with any set of rules, and it wouldn't even be a close series. You don't believe me? Listen to the quote experts, guys who were around to follow the game closely even in the 70s and 80s. Now the debate is somehow whether or not Shaq's Lakers or Magic's Showtime Lakers could beat the Warriors. No one even talks about the Bulls anymore, because literally every single one of them agrees the Bulls would win that series against the Warriors easily. Don't get me wrong, I like LeBron, and I like the Warriors. LeBron is among the all-time greats, and this Warriors team, assuming they finish the job, is among the all-time great teams. And both are a ton of fun to watch. But let's please stop pretending they're as good as the guy in this video, again referring to Michael Jordan, because they're just not. When a guy like that comes around again, we'll know it when we see it. So that was the post I did. And uh, yeah, I got fired up about it. But everything I said in there is true. I mean, that's like, that's just factual, scriptural stuff. I mean, there's nothing in there that anyone can dispute. And if they do, they just don't understand the game of basketball. It's that simple. Colin Cowherd. I mean, this guy, gosh, he's supposed to be smart. You know, he's got a show. I mean, I know his podcast wasn't uh, polled as highly as mine when it came to my friends and family, but Colin Cowherd, a guy I actually really like to listen to, got a national show, been doing it for, I don't know, at least a decade or so, and he's got a huge audience, and his head is so far up LeBron's butt, he can't even see straight. I mean, he worships him. He worships the guy. Don't get me wrong. LeBron's amazing. I know that. I watch him. He's incredible. Here's the problem with LeBron. There's a lot of them, actually. LeBron is like super clutch, except he's not, he's not clutch at all. He's not clutch at all. He like, so, so he's got these, uh, you know, there's all these stats getting thrown out like, oh, he's so clutch because he averages this many points in closeout games. Well, Jordan wasn't really in many closeout games where he's facing being closed out. He was always the one closing out. That's clutch. LeBron scored five points in the fourth quarter of the other night in that uh, you know, game against the, the Warriors, game five, excuse me. He scored 41. It was amazing. 41, 16, these big stats. Well, what happened to start the fourth when it was like time to put the nail in the coffin? When it was truly crunch time, it's the fourth quarter, your back's against the wall. What are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what LeBron did. He sat and watched while Kyrie Irving dropped 12 points and, and ended the game. LeBron had five. And three of them came on a super bogus and one fall away jump shot thing that actually looked like a travel to me. So LeBron is not clutch. He disappears for entire quarters, just vanishes. I mean, he completely vanished in game four of these NBA finals. Vanished. Like he was nowhere to be found in crunch time of Game Four. Nowhere to be found. That game was the Cavs' game to win. They were hit at halftime. It was their game to win and LeBron completely disappeared. The only thing I remember him doing was getting turnovers and playing hot potato with the ball, giving up something like 15 shots in the lane that he should have taken, and he didn't do it. He wants to be the man. He demands to be the man, but he's not. He's not. Nobody's saying he's not the most talented because we all can agree that he is. But his mental strength, his mental toughness, his will to win, it is not even a fraction of what Michael Jordan's was. I don't even think it's close to what Kobe Bryant's was. And that's why LeBron is going to be two and five in the finals within the next few days. That's why LeBron is going to be two and five in the finals in the next few days. I mean, can you, so another thing that Colin Cowherd brought up, he's, he gave out this super bogus stat. Uh, if LeBron, if he gets any help, if he gets even one teammate to score at least 20 points, he's 88 and 33 in the playoffs. Cool stat, bro. Like <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's the man. He shouldn't have to have everyone scoring twenty around him or thirty around him, you know? So cowherd's like, he's just asking for a Pippin. He's just asking for one Scotty Pippin. He's just asking for, you know, a Kobe to Shack. Uh ever heard of Dwayne Wade? Ever heard of Kyrie Irving? Kevin Love? Chris Bosch? Those are pretty freaking good teammates. So I I went and did some own stat digging of my own, and I'm going to actually give you real stats, not like super random weird ones that don't really matter. Scottie Pippen averaged 17.5 points per game for his career in the playoffs. So his playoff career scoring average is 17.5. As a bull, because that's the fair comparison, as a bull, he averaged 18.1. So again, Colin Cowherd saying, you know, if only LeBron could get a guy like Pippen to score 20 plus every night, you know, they'd win. Okay, so Pippen's average is 17 and a half, okay? <laughs> 18 as a, as a member of the Chicago Bulls, okay? And I looked up in the six years that the Bulls won their championships, with Michael Jordan winning the finals MVP every single year, only in two of those playoffs did Scottie Pippen average 20 points or more. And it was barely barely over 20. The very first championship against uh, the Lakers, that that playoffs in 1991, he averaged 21.6. And then 2 years later against the Suns in those that year in 93 when they won against the Suns in the finals, he averaged 20.1. So only 2 out of 6 championship run years did Michael Jordan have a guy scoring 20 plus, okay? Pippen averaged 16.9 points per game. In the 96 playoffs. The the amazing 72 and 10 year where the Bulls went and uh into the playoffs at 72 and 10 and then went 15 and 3 in the playoffs and beat the Sonics. Two of those losses being uh in the Sonics in the in the champion in the finals. So, I mean, 16.9. Two years later against the Jazz, in the last championship, he averaged 16.8. Okay. Dwayne Wade. LeBron's teammates for four years averaged 22.8 points per game for his career in the playoffs, with LeBron as his teammate, 20.3. So he's so LeBron has had a better Robin to his Batman than Michael Jordan ever had. I'll say that Dwayne Wade, uh, excuse me, I'd say that Scottie Pippen is a better defender, but I don't think you'd get many people arguing that Dwayne Wade has had a better career than Scottie Pippen. Dwayne Wade's a better, a better second option on any team than Scottie Pippen. It's crazy. It's crazy that people don't see this. It's absolutely insane. Kyrie Irving has outscored LeBron in these NBA finals. LeBron's getting all the help he could possibly ask for. He's being outscored by Kyrie Irving in these finals. Okay, so so Colin Cowherd, I'm calling you out. Know your stuff before you open your mouth, bro. Come on, man. You're saying that LeBron doesn't get help? You're saying he, he, you know, he made this ridiculous comparison to the Kardashians and how they like make guys, I don't even remember where he, where he was going with it. He was, he was reaching so far, I couldn't, I couldn't see that far to, the, to where he was reaching. But basically, the, the point of it was that LeBron is so good and so intimidating that guys don't play as well oh that makes sense so so he's so good and he makes guys around him so much better that like comes full circle to where like they get worse that makes a lot of sense come on like give me a break chris bosh and kevin love are better without lebron james plain and simple he makes them worse players plain and simple he makes them worse he doesn't play to their strengths. He doesn't adjust his own own game to play to their strengths. He's supposed to be the man. And then in crunch time, it's give the ball to Kyrie Irving time. So LeBron is not the man. He's not the man. He's being outscored by Kyrie in these finals. He had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Ray Allen as teammates, and he still lost two championships, only one of which was Ray Allen on that team. He's got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love as teammates in these finals, and more than likely he's going to lose these finals. He has no excuses. He has zero excuses. Michael Jordan probably would have gone 8-0 in the finals if he hadn't gone and tried to play baseball. And he went 6-0 anyway. Six finals MVPs. No series ever even went seven games. He went 6-5 and five of them, and then uh, against the Lakers they they beat him four games to one. His team... Went fifteen and three in the playoffs. The same year they went seventy two and ten. You want to know how many games these Warriors have lost in these playoffs? They've already lost five. Is it five or is it six? They've lost two in the finals. They lost two. No, they lost three. They've fi- they've lost six because they lost one to Portland, three to OKC, two here. So they've already lost six. They've already lost three more games in these playoffs than the Bulls lost in that that year. So they can take their 73 and nine, but they're still not those bulls, you know, and, and back to LeBron and how he doesn't get help, which is so stupid. So we talked about Dwayne Wade's average and how it's better than Pippin's, Right. And of course, cowherd somehow doesn't know that. Um, but what did Dwayne Wade do without LeBron James? The dude averaged 28.4 points per game and won an NBA title and was named finals MVP without LeBron James. That's what he did without LeBron James. What have any of Michael Jordan's teammates done without him? None of them did anything. None of them, not even Scottie Pippen. When Jordan went out, Pippen won zero championships, never won MVP, never led the league in scoring, nothing. Pippen was a great player, but he needed Michael Jordan. So, trust me, LeBron has had plenty of help. I want to to read one more thing to you that I – so I have a LeBron-loving friend who I – and I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan of the game before I'm a fan of any team. And, you know, I straight up just call it like it is. I say LeBron's the most talented guy on the court, but he's not clutch. He's not the man. He's not a closer. He just isn't, okay? And LeBron lovers, of course, hate to hear that. So my buddy, who's a LeBron lover, of course, you know, he's MIA after game four. And then after game five, of course, shoots me a text and he's like, hey, what'd you think of, you know, last night's game? And I just responded. I said, awesome game last night. I'm glad the Cavs won. LeBron and Kyrie both played amazing. I think not having Draymond hurt the Warriors defensively big time. I also still don't view LeBron as a clutch closer. When it came time to put the nail in the coffin, Kyrie did it, not LeBron. LeBron had one bucket in the fourth quarter. He had one bucket in the fourth quarter, plus three free throws for five points. Kyrie had 12 points in the fourth quarter and was unstoppable. I hope Cleveland wins game six at home Thursday so we can get to see a game seven. And that's how I feel. And that's the truth. That's not my opinion. Those are facts. LeBron's not a clutch closer. He just isn't. He doesn't have that killer instinct. If the game's on the line, I'm not asking Peyton Manning to do it. I'm asking Tom Brady. So, you guys, you guys take Peyton Manning all day long. Take the stat monster. Take the guy that's getting the garbage points at the end of the game, like LeBron did in game four. He went and scored like eight points in the last minute, 17, when they were already down like 12 and they were trading for, they were fouling Curry and Thompson and watching them. He was basically trading free throws from Curry and Thompson for uncontested layups. It literally was like he was padding his stats. It was like he didn't want the ball. He was MIA for the entire fourth quarter. There was like a five or six minute stretch. Uh midway in you know into the fourth quarter, where like they needed LeBron to be LeBron and and close that game out, and he literally did nothing, like zero points, two turnovers, or something like that did nothing then, after the game's well in hand, and they're now fouling just in absolute desperation, hoping that somehow they can overcome a you know eleven point deficit in barely over a minute, and they're fouling two of the best free throw shooters in the league in Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry. Then LeBron's like, oh, I'll drive and get some uncontested layups. Oh, look, I got eight points in the fourth quarter, guys. What more do you want me to do? You know, I got 25 tonight. What more can I do? No, you're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling me anyway. You're a great player, but do that. Do that when it matters. Do that when your team actually needs it. Do that when it actually means something, when guys are guarding you, and it's like time to really decide the outcome of the game. Not when the game's already decided. Don't do it then, and then you're going to trade free throws for your layups so you can, like, what, stay? You can still lose by 11? You know, it's ridiculous. So I'm not buying that. I'm not buying it. LeBron's amazing. He had a great game the other night, and I hope he has a big game tomorrow night. I really do. They've got Draymond Green back, but Bo gets out. So this is set up perfectly for the Cavs, perfectly. Going down three, to, three games to one, obviously not ideal. But I'll tell you what, they could not have asked for a better scenario to have Draymond Green suspended for Game 5 when it's at Oracle. So they get that one. And then it goes back to Cleveland for Game 6, and now Bo gets hurt. So honestly, the pressure's on them. They should get Game 6, and we should see a Game 7. That's what I think is going to happen. I said from the very beginning, it's Cavs and 6 is my prediction, but if I'm wrong on that, it's going to be Warriors and 7. And obviously Cavs and 6 can't happen because they're already down 3 games to 2 going into Game 6. But Warriors and Sevens looking like, uh, looking like it'll be the case, in my opinion. So Draymond Green, let's just talk about him for a second. Stephen A. Smith, I'm calling out another guy that's you know supposed to be so smart. I tweeted him a few times. He hasn't responded, unsurprisingly. But this guy is defending Draymond Green like as if it's his own son or something, saying how it's just ridiculous that the NBA, I can't believe the outrage. This is insane. How could they suspend him? I'll tell you how they can suspend him. He's a chronic nut kicker. That's how they can suspend him. The dude can't keep his hands off of other dudes' junk. Okay, That's how they can suspend him. He's like repeatedly a cheating bully taking cheap shots at opponents. And therefore he's getting flagrant fouls and he met the flagrant foul rule and he got suspended. Plain and simple. They didn't suspend him because of that one nut shot he took at LeBron James. They suspended him because they gave him a flagrant one, which he absolutely deserved under the league rules. I don't care if LeBron stepped over him. If you retaliate with a nut punch, you're going to get a flagrant foul, plain and simple. And that flagrant foul put him at the total points, flagrant points, to warrant a suspension. It's plain and simple. If they hadn't suspended him, it would have been absolutely ludicrous. He should have gotten suspended after kicking um. What's his face over there on, I'm I'm blanking the name, but the big guy over on the Warriors. He should have gotten, for Stephen Adams, he should have gotten suspended for kicking Stephen Adams. But he didn't. He got a flagrant two. Okay, that's fine. Two flagrant points. Next one, you're gone. Well, he did it again, and he keeps going for the nuts. Are you kidding me? You're going to defend a guy like that? That's sorry, man. That's sorry. So Draymond Green deserved it. He deserved to have to sit and watch his team from the box seats at the Oakland A's stadium across the parking lot or whatever there in Oakland. He had to sit and watch his team get pummeled at home without him. Because let's be real, he's he's their guy. Steph Curry can be off and Clay Thompson picks up the slack. Thompson can be off and Curry can be Curry. But man, without Draymond, especially against a team like the Cavs, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. So... Draymond Green will probably end up being the MVP, especially if he has big games in Game 6 and 7, and they end up winning um, either of the, you know, either of those games, of course, and they win the title. And argue, you could argue that his absence in Game 5 further proved that he's the Finals MVP. So, interesting stuff. I do think um, that Andrew Bogut going down is going to hurt the Warriors, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I really don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think that, you know, they've got guys like Festus Azili, uh, Anderson, Varejao, most spates, Mo buckets. They've got guys, um, and they'll just play guys like Iguodala more minutes. They'll play more of their small ball. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll be fine. Um, with Draymond back and Bogut out. I, I just don't think it makes that big of a difference. It'll, it'll be a little bit, but not, but not much, not much. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, one more thing I want to want to touch on here with regards to these warriors, okay? I've been saying, and in my last podcast I said it a lot, and it got uh, it got met with some pushback as well. I said that uh, Steph Curry will be irrelevant in four years, and I defined irrelevant as not an All Star and definitely not the man on any championship caliber team, okay? So, plain and simply, he won't be an All Star. And he won't be first option on any sort of championship uh, caliber team. And I 100% am standing by that. There is no way that four years from now, Steph Curry will still be doing what he's doing. And even right now, he's not doing much. He's had one good game in these finals. And then two average ones and two bad ones. He's just not been that great. He really has not. Klay Thompson's been better. Although he hasn't been great either. Draymond Green's been the man, um, you know, game one, it was uh, Sean Livingston. Curry hasn't been a Michael Jordan. He hasn't, not even close. And I'm, I, you know, th- have you guys seen the movie, The Big Short? I'm that guy, okay? You're, you, Everyone out there that thinks I'm crazy, you keep, you know, thinking that the housing market's not going to, that there's no bubble and it's going to be fine and there's no issues. I'm the guy in The Big Short, foreseeing it years in advance. Steph Curry's game isn't going to last in this league. It's not going to last. There's no way that dude's going to be like doing this crazy dribbling and shooting turnaround fadeaway 30-footers and swishing it. That's not happening for another four years. It's not happening. There's no way. There's no way. There's so many factors that are are going to come into play to keep that from happening. So I'm the guy in the big short, and I'm buying up all my – you know, anti-Warriors, anti-Curry stock, whatever you want to call it, or I'm selling short now, you know, on on my Curry stock. I don't see it happening. And I love watching him. And that's not Curry hating. That's really not. I'm not a Curry hater. I actually like Curry a lot. He's a ton of fun to watch. In fact, in my opinion, he's the most fun of anyone in the league to watch. I've defended him in saying that he's the greatest shooter the game has ever seen, and he's the best ball hander in the the league right now. Maybe the best ball hander the league has ever seen but I'm also saying it's not going to last. It's not going to last. He's too small, he's got too perfect of a situation right now, and it's too new with too many things that can be done, especially with physical play, to keep it from happening. Or if any of his key teammates go down or leave the team for better options, a Harrison Barnes, a Clay Thompson, a Draymond Green, and his game completely gets altered. And we've seen it time and time again, when some of those guys have to sit out due to injury or recently with Draymond Green's suspension. So I'm selling on Steph Curry's stock. Under Armour better get all—they better sell all the shoes they can over the next year or two because I don't think they'll be selling a whole lot with his name attached to it four or five years from now. It's not going to happen. So sell—you know what? Buy the Under Armour stock now. But plan to sell it in like two seasons. That's my advice to you. Buy it now. <laughs> Actually, should have bought like a year ago. Um, but anyway, with these, with these Warriors, they're, they're just – they're going to win the title, and deservedly so. I hope that the Cavs can win game six. I think that the Cavs will win game six. But time will tell, and that time is tomorrow night, and I'm excited for it. So that's today's podcast. I wanted to keep it short and sweet but strong So that is it for today. Hit me up on Twitter at Sean Bingham. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports.